Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast, presented by FlickeringMyth.com. I'm your host, Court Dunn. Join us as we talk to writers about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash writer experience. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. Today's guest is Isabella Mastro de Casa. Isabella is a literary manager and producer at Heroes and Villains Entertainment. She started her career at Verve in the motion picture literary department, transitioned to the Kennedy Marshall Company, and now at Heroes and Villains. She's focusing on influencers, international formats, and European writers and directors. Isabella, we're very excited to have you on the show today. How are you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am great and really looking forward to talking some management and producing points. I imagine, based on what you do, you're based in LA. Is that true? And how long have you been there? Yes, I'm in LA. I've been here for about six and a half years, and I moved here straight from Rome. I guess that's it. <laughs> Tell us about your origin story. Did you always want to work as a manager? Walk us through how you went from Rome to where you're at now in LA working for Heroes and Villains. Yeah, my path was actually not clear or smooth at all. So, this is a great question. I Grew up in a very small town outside of Rome. This town had 7,000 people, and it was very hard for me to find something that could excite me or that I could see myself doing when I was going to grow up one day. And I knew since I was a kid, I had this passion for storytelling. And to me, the best moment of my day was when my dad would come home from work and we as a family would watch movies on the couch all together and we would watch Indiana Jones and E.T. and Jurassic Park. And those were the movies that really inspired me growing up. And I wanted to be one of the people telling those stories. And I wanted to create emotions in others, whether it was tears or, you know, joy or anger. I wanted to communicate and help people tell those stories that made an impact on me growing up. However, even though I had this passion for storytelling and I was already dreaming big and I was already desiring to be in LA and to work in Hollywood, my family never supported that because they were trying to be protective of the fact that the film industry in my country is very small and it is very hard to access it if you don't have any knowledge or if you don't have any connection because it is kind of a lot. So it's very hard to get into it. And my family, as a way of protecting me from being disappointed later on, they always push me to find myself what they call the real job. So since I couldn't follow my creative voice, I just pursued a career in law because that was what my older sister was doing. And I graduated from Bocconi University in Milan in 2013 in criminal law. And after I graduated, I promised myself that I would never do anything to make someone else happy. And I felt that I was living a life that wasn't mine and that I was just trying to make my parents happy. So 
I decided to make myself happy for the first time. I beat everything. I broke up with my longtime boyfriend and I packed my suitcases and I came here with nothing but just the hope that my anger and my passion would be enough to make it in Hollywood. Once I moved in LA in 2014, I went to UCLA to study film because I had no previous knowledge on or background in this field. And after that, I got my first experience of Perv, where obviously I started in the mailroom and I worked my way up to becoming an assistant in 2015. And that's how I started. Love that. You mentioned Verve, but then you moved along to Kennedy Marshall. Walk us through your trajectory as a manager and how the responsibilities have changed and to the point where you're at now. My beginning at representation, I didn't specifically pursue that. It kind of just happened. But once I did find myself a Verve, I became very passionate about writers and their stories. I love reading their scripts. I love giving my opinion on their stories. And I love going out and finding new voices for my boss and my company at that time. I think that that experience of birth gave me a lot, even though it was the toughest one, because I started working at birth when my English was not good and when I had no previous knowledge of anything and it was my first real job. So I definitely felt insecure and I definitely felt that that was a very challenging experience because of how hard it is to work in that environment. But in my case, I considered it as kind of going to military school in the sense that it gave me discipline, it gave me knowledge on the industry. I finally understood right away who the deal makers were, who the players in the industry were, what are the names that really matter, and especially how the process works when you want to put an idea into practice. So it was definitely a very hard experience, very challenging. It really shaped the way I was when I first moved out here. And I was very lucky that I was able to get into their doors right after I moved here. Because again, I came here without knowing anyone. And I was able to, you know, to friends of friends of friends from Italy found this one girl who was a manager and who basically helped me get my first foot in the door. So this is why now I think it's important to always help others and do the same. After spending a long time at birth, I realized that becoming an agent was not what I wanted. However, I still really enjoyed my relationship with my boss's clients, with all those very cool writers, a lot of which were from Europe, were so, so interesting and passionate about the stories that they were telling that I became passionate too. So what I decided to do was to try working production. And I had this very interesting lunch one day with Frank Marshall and I was very lucky and I just told him all about how his movies made an impact on me growing up and how his stories really shaped who I was and how my entire life for 26 years I was trying to pursue and follow that dream that somehow his work, you know, put into my head some ways, you know, like Frank worked on all those iconic movies that really moved me and inspired me and put this seed into my head that I had to go out and tell those same stories, you know, because I wanted people to feel the way I felt when I watched those. 
So Frank gave me the opportunity to work for him and it was amazing. I was his production assistant and it was my first experience in that field. And it was incredible. We worked together on a documentary called Finding Oscar that was exactly produced by Steven Spielberg. And I found finally what the ideal job for me was, which was becoming a manager. And as a manager, you can kind of do both things. You can represent writers and help them and guide them, but you can also produce their content and have some fun with that. So this type of role is what incorporates all the things that I was looking for when I came out here and I was still trying to figure it out, my voice, my taste, and also where exactly I want to be in this industry. I got to Heroes Ambulance because they posted about an assistant position for the partners of the company. And I knew that it was going to be a hard job because I would have been the assistant to two people, both very busy. And I was definitely a little concerned about that. But I was down for the challenge, as you know, I've always been. And once I got here as ambulance, I kind of worked my way up. I started as an assistant to the partners and I, from day one, really tried to think outside the box, to put into practice all the things that I learned in my previous two jobs. And I just tried to kill it. And that got me promoted to coordinator for film and TV in 2018. And then I, this year, Finally got promoted to manager. And right now, as a manager, I'm focusing on content creators. And specifically, I am spearheading their digital division that we just opened this year. I'm also producing my first TV show. It's a project that I've been following for a while that I really believe in. It's an amazing female driven story. And even though it has its own challenges, it's a very great experience that I'm going through right now. Love it. I would love to use the rest of the episode to get more granular yes, into what exactly, it means yes. to be a manager. So the first question is, from just a very high level, can you walk us through what the difference is between being a manager and an agent and what it means to be a manager? For sure. I think that a manager is what you could describe as your business partner in the sense that a manager is truly your teammate, is someone that comes on board, truly believes in you, in your potential, in your ideas, in your vision, you know, in general, and decides to help you and guide you through the whole craziness of Hollywood. So what we normally say is that managers are kind of the Uber drivers of Hollywood in the sense that you tell us where you want to go with your career, and we will tell you exactly what's the route to take in order to get where you want to get. And agents are a bit different because they do that, but they also focus more on bringing you deal opportunities and bringing you jobs. So, of course, they do read your stories and, of course, they champion you. But the manager is a bit more intimate and the type of relationships is more of a long-term relationship. Some artists in this business have had the same manager for 20 years. And it is really someone that becomes your mentor, your guide, your, of course, manager. But it's something more deep. It's something more intimate. It's something that really, you know, makes you feel 
that you're bonding with that person, that you are on the same page, you're working towards the same goal, you talk every day. And sometimes you also get personal, you know, you talk to your manager about your fragilities, about your insecurities. And the manager is just there to support you and to offer you a different point of view and to encourage you and to make sure that you feel seen, heard, and that you can get to where you want to get. You know, a manager also protects you from a lot of disappointments, from a lot of rejection, from a lot of bad things that you don't need to know as a creator, because you, as a creator, need to just focus on your own job, which is writing or creating content or directing. You're not supposed to have the heaviness of all the complications that we as managers, but also, you know, we work in team with agents and lawyers. So the whole team is supposed to just take away from you that happiness and all those concerns that normally happen when you're making a movie or a TV show or any other type of content, really. Also, I would say the manager, you know, is the person you go to when you first have your idea. And the manager will give you their perspective on that because obviously there is certain certain general rules that apply in the industry, but also what the industry wants kind of changes depending on the social events. What studios are looking for right now is not what studios were looking for two years ago, three years ago, or five years ago. So the manager has to also kind of guide you towards what type of content is appealing for executives right now. So for example, I don't know, we know that if Amazon is looking for global appeal, you know, we have to kind of like find uh, an idea that has that international angle. Or if Apple is focusing on limited series, we will try to push our client to find ideas that are more suited for limited series rather than movies or documentaries. Same thing, I don't know, for Disney Plus, you know, they're looking for family comedies. So We're not going to go there and offer a horror, obviously. So the point is to just guide them when they come to you with their idea and make sure they don't waste their time on something that is never going to see the light of the day. After they bring you the idea, though, your job is to kind of hold your client's hand through that and make sure that the structure makes sense, the characters make sense. Make sure that if it's a specific thematic that could be a little tricky, then maybe you get your colleague's opinion on that. And make sure that just the whole script makes sense. So a manager goes through different drafts of the client's scripts and kind of like works through each draft to make it better and better until you get to a polished final product, which is the one that you, you know, send out to producers. Obviously, in most cases, People that have a manager also have an agent. So this is all teamwork that you do with the agency. And you together just try to send out the content. Obviously, there is different strategies depending on if it's a TV show, if it's a film, if it's you know a film depending on the tone and also depending if you want to go abroad with it or not. There is a lot of different strategies. But depending on the specific situation, the agent and the manager work together on sending it to the town and make sure that producers are aware of the new spec or the new, you know, pitch for a new TV show, whatever it is, they work together on sending it out, making sure that the industry is aware 
that they read it, that someone gets involved. And it takes one person that believes in the project to actually get it made. You can have, you know, all the rejection that you want, but if you find that one producer that believes in the project, you actually have a shot at having it made. And then I would say once the the script finds its home with a producer or with a studio, the job of a manager kind of ends in the sense that once you hand the product to whoever buys it, you lose a bit of control over it. If you sell one of your clients' feature scripts, for example, to a studio, once that happens and you have you know, followed all the negotiations and the deal is closed and the project is sold, the manager is kind of done with their job in the sense that they can still step in and help out because the point is to always protect their clients and make their clients happy. But the job is kind of done because the studio will bring new writers, will change the script, will bring on board, you know, big stars if they are attached already. So that's where the job of a manager ends and the job of a producer starts. So after that, the manager just goes on into another adventure with another script, with another client or the same client, but you just kind of move on to the next one. You obviously have clients. How do you find your clients? And then also for those writers who are listening, how did those clients find a manager? Personally, I think that every single assistant or coordinator or junior executive in town who is a real hustler, is consistently looking out for new writers. Whether it's about reading writers that come out of important competitions or directors that come out of shorts competitions, or even just online by, you know, researching sometimes through the blacklist, other times through film festivals. I, for example... And part of a lot of film festivals are started becoming a competition judge for a lot of schools and a lot of major film festivals. And that's how I got to meet a lot of writers. And I also participate to a lot of pitch festivals. They're all over town. They happen all the time. And every single, again, assistant coordinator or lower level executive goes to those because you want to be in the know. You want to know who is the next up-and-coming writer. And there is definitely like a lot of interest on us when we are starting out because we want to impress our company. We want to impress our boss. We want to get promoted. So we want to be on the lookout for those stories. And there is a mutual interest in finding writers that way. The interest is not just for the writer to find management, but it's also for the management to acquire some valued people. So I would suggest to writers to be smart about it. Don't send query letters because most of people don't really pay attention to those. And there is tons of those. So I would definitely find someone that can help you get your script in the doors Most of management companies, agencies, or production companies will never read anything for legal reasons. Therefore, you have to find someone that kind of gets your script in and takes a look through film festivals, through, again, competitions, pitch festivals. All these activities try to be proactive 
And also, don't go to the head of the company with your script. Go to the coordinators and the assistants who are hustling, who are trying to prove themselves, who are trying to find a great voice, who have the interest and who have also the time to pay attention to up-and-coming writers. Because if you go to higher executives, they will never have the time, simply that. So... That's my advice, to always go to the lower level people and to the hustlers that are trying to start out in the industry so that they have a better way to help you out. We have a lot of writers on this podcast. Do you like what writers write? Do you like free stuff? Well, Audible is offering a free audiobook download for listeners of the Writer Experience Podcast with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I recently downloaded James Joyce's Ulysses for my commutes into the city, while our producer Harry, who may or may not exist, has been enjoying J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash writer experience. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash writer experience for your free audiobook. What's your favorite film of all time? It might be a sophisticated classic, a childhood favourite, or an enjoyable pile of trash you just can't help but watch over and over again. The Pick of the Flicks podcast, hosted by me, Tom Beasley, is all about celebrating people's favourite movies in whatever form they take. Each week, I interview a different guest about their chosen favourite, whether I agree with their choice or think they're as mad as one of Tom Hardy's accents. So tune in to Pick of the Flicks every week on the Flickering Myth podcast network and subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Maybe your favourite film will be next. Hi, I'm George. And I'm Sam. And we're from the That's a Classic podcast on the Flickr and Myth Network. We both bring three films each from a certain genre and we battle it out to find out which is the ultimate classic. So you can listen to us on Flickr and Myth, iTunes or Spotify. Check out what classic we choose every week. I would love to talk about producing, but before we do, on the management side, you mentioned holding your client's hand through the idea process. Can you walk us through a little bit more granular what that revising looks like of taking an idea, developing it, going through the script, working with them to get it to its best place? Yeah. Honestly, it's not easy because you have to be very sensitive towards the writers. Everyone who has a creative personality is also very sensitive. And a lot of times their ideas are based on personal experiences. So it definitely is hard to be very honest with them and put them in front of the truth. and also. It's hard to set their expectations when they come to you with something new. But at the same time, at least, and this is my personal approach, I prefer to under-promise and over-deliver. That's my approach. So I personally want to set expectations for the clients because there is a lot of rejection. And one out of their 10 ideas maybe will move forward. So it's hard to be honest and upfront and you have to be very sensitive in the way you express your thoughts and in the way you put them in front of the reality. But at the same time, you have to be very supportive and you have to believe in their vision and kind of just trust them that they know what they are doing. So once they bring you the idea, let's say that it's an idea that, you know, it's a killer idea and you think that it could work. Obviously, it all depends on the execution. So I would give my clients some advice on what angle to highlight. 
on what qualities should the characters have. And also, I would give an advice on trying to stay fresh because I think that what's important is, is to have something that is not, that doesn't feel redundant. And obviously, there's so many ideas, so many TV shows, so many movies. It's hard to find something that stands out. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a whole new topic. It can be a topic or a story that has already been portrayed, but you see that from a different perspective, from a different angle that maybe no one thought about. So I definitely do some work with my clients on working on their initial idea. Then they spend some time writing their idea and I try to not pressure them because obviously it's a whole creative process that they have to go through. And once they're ready and they come to me with the first draft, I read it right away and I make sure that the story is compelling, that the characters work, that the perspective works, that the plot works, that everything is on point. And if I do have doubts, I always ask for my colleague's opinion so that they can see if maybe, you know, they have a different perspective. The problem is that a lot of these things are subjective. So you have to kind of like be careful to not be too personal on giving your opinion, you still have to look at it from an objective point of view and see if it makes sense for what is happening in the world, for what the studios want. And it's on you as a manager to know what the studios want. It's on you as a manager to have the connections with the industry that can let you know what is that everyone is looking for right now. And then once they deliver you the first draft and you make sure that everything is on point, you whether, you know, go up to producers, or if there is more work to do, you go back to the script. And it can be, obviously, in the worst case scenario, is you know, page one rewrite, but that doesn't happen often, thankfully. And otherwise, you just make the adjustments that, you know, your manager advises you. Some writers are better than others at receiving feedback, and some writers are better than others at implementing those thoughts into the script. To be honest, I would suggest listening to your manager because if you trusted them when you signed with them, you have to trust them when they give you their opinion on something. And it's true that ultimately it's your story, but you have to be smart about it because the people that are behind you are the ones that know all the dirty and all the hassle and all the complications and all the just, you know, all the elements that they need to know in the industry. So you have to trust them and kind of like listen to them. So yes, when the entire creative process is done, send it out to producers that can get on board. And that obviously depends on, again, the strategy that you're going to have for that specific story. So it depends on how broad you want to go. But again, you kind of like go back and forth with your writer on the story until you feel confident. The writer feels confident, although the writer really feels confident. They always feel like they have to add more and tweak it more. They never feel that it's the right time to let it go. So it's also new as a manager to tell them, okay, we're good and we got to send it out now. You mentioned sending it out. Can you walk us through what, you know, pitching and what does that pitch process look like? Yeah. It all depends on the specific circumstances, to be honest. But normally, 
once you have a client that comes to you with just a pitch for something, normally in most cases it's a pitch for a TV show because if it's a movie, normally they do have a spec that you just send out. But when they're pitching an idea for a TV show, they first come to us, they tell us about their idea, then they write a fleshed out pitch document that they send to us. And we take a look at the document, we just kind of like go back and forth with some notes. And then what we normally do, or what I personally do is, I do practice pitch with the writer, where they pitch me as I was the executive. And sometimes we also invite other colleagues to join so that there isn't just one person. A lot of times writers also add some visual materials that can help the executive understand the trajectory of the story because some ideas for TV shows get very complex. So we help them make sure that everything makes sense, that it's clear, and also that it's short and to the point because you can't go pitch an idea to an executive and take more than 20, 30 minutes. You're going to lose the interest and it's going to be hard for you to get your message delivered. So we make sure that everything looks good, sounds good. And then what we do is we just brainstorm some ideas. Again, this normally happens in team with the agency. We brainstorm some ideas of where we send it out, what studios, what networks really make sense for that specific idea, for the tone, for the type of characters. And then to be honest, every manager or agent has weekly calls with studios and networks. So representatives normally are in the know of what a studio is looking for, what executive is fine person on which type of shows. So we normally know right away who to go to and that's the manager or the agent's responsibility. So once we have a list of people that we want to go out to, what we do is we start setting pitch meetings with these executives and try to set all these pitch meetings around the same time frame. So for example, if we're going out with a pitch next week, then we will make sure that the pitch is concentrated in a week or two, meaning that all the executives hear it around the same time so that we can get some interest right away instead of losing momentum by setting meetings throughout six months. So. Once we have brainstormed on ideas for what studios and what executives make sense, we set up meetings with these executives and we try to concentrate this meeting in two weeks so that the momentum that we hopefully will get is not going to be lost. The writer goes and pitches around town to all the executives that we thought were a good fit and after we have double checked that the studio's mandate matches our client's idea and once the client has been pitching it to all these people hopefully we will have one that will make an offer to buy the pitch and develop a show based on that as far as the production side you know what that looks like when your client yeah. does get that idea sold and they're producing it what is your role then? So once the pitch is sold, the manager will still make sure that their client is protected and that their interest is taken care of. 
And then, so in some occasions, the manager can also be a producer on the show or on the movie. It doesn't happen all the time and it kind of depends on the manager's approach. Personally, and I can speak for my company as well, we try to not attach ourselves to everything that the writers write. We try to get involved as producers only with those projects that we know we really develop deeply with our writers and where we feel that us being producers is organic and makes sense. So mostly we try to keep things separate, but in some cases we also produce our clients' content. The job of the producer is a bit different and similar at the same time. What is similar is the development phase in the sense that a producer also gives notes to the writer and also is involved in the development process at the initial stages when the script is still undergoing rewrites. And also definitely a similarity is the fact that producer supports the writer very deeply and is definitely on the writer's team. But on the other side, producers do have a bit of a different role and they definitely stay on the project for longer. I would say the producer's first and main role is to inspire everyone to do their best and also to pull the strings and make sure that the movie or the TV show happens, that they actually get greenlit. And it's true that without a great writer or a great director, you can't have a movie or a TV show, but it's equally true that without a great hustling producer, you can't really lead something either. You need someone that is passionate about your story, that has the same vision and comes on board and is a champion because it can get very ugly and it can get very complex and the project can also get halted right before it shoots. So you need someone that is very capable and that he's very passionate about the project. The producer also stays, as I was mentioning earlier, the producer stays on the project until the very end. And also what differs is the fees in the sense that managers normally just take a percentage on when they sold the show. So when they sell the show, so they get a cut upfront when the contract is made and everything is sold and the writers get paid. But producers get actually paid later on. So the structure can be different, depends on the specific circumstance and on the deal, but it also depends on how big and how much leverage the producer has. They could be paid a fee before principal photography and one during and one after, or in most cases, they just get a cut of the film profits. And that's very hard because sometimes it doesn't have a lot of profits or other times, you know, it doesn't find distribution. So there is a lot of, it's definitely not an easy rule. and. This is another difference that obviously, you know, the compensation is different. Also, the producer normally has a niche in the sense that managers don't necessarily represent writers on just one field. They can represent writers that do comedy, that do horror, that do drama, that do thriller, that do sci-fi. They don't necessarily have to be in one niche. They can have a certain preference for a certain style. but often their clients different from each other greatly. While for producers, normally they have a niche. So if a producer normally works on horror movies, it's going to be hard that they're going to produce 
a hot comedy. So even though producers have certain differences and they also are more involved on set and they are involved with everything that happens during the shooting and after the shooting, managers kind of stop right after the project is sold. But they're way more involved in the first phase when the idea is first brought to you. However, there is a lot of crossovers and this is why, again, it happens that managers also produce. In my case, I try to produce things that are not necessarily written by Heroes and Villains clients. I try to find international IPs. I'm also European, so obviously my focus is on finding IPs that are big in Europe that we can produce or that we can package out here or find formats that are very popular over there that no one knows here. So I try not to produce all my clients' ideas because of the reasons that we mentioned earlier, but it's a possibility and it's definitely exciting because sometimes you do feel stronger connection with your client on certain stories more than others. And if you do have an idea that you bring to your client that you can work with your client on and you develop it together, that type of bond is what justifies you being a producer on their material. Isabella, are you ready for a couple bonus questions we call a series of seemingly random questions? Yeah, sure. First one, if you could take any writer to any fast food restaurant, which writer would you choose? Which restaurant and why? Wow, that's hard. I was not expecting that question. It has to be a fast food? <laughs> well, we throw it in there to kind of throw a wrench into things, but you can choose anything you want. Okay. Hmm. I would bring Alex Pina, who is the creator of one of my favorite shows from the last few years, which is Money Heist, La Casa de Papel. And I would bring him probably to in and out because I know that it's a big hit here in California, but for all the Europeans, that's such a cool spot to go to because obviously it's something that we don't have out there. So it's definitely something that I would love to do. And I would love to bring Alex and grab some animal style fries and talk about some cool ideas for more European shows that we could probably create together. Love that. It's actually one of my dreams now that I'm thinking about it. It's so weird because it took me a second to like visualize it. And now that I'm like visualizing me and Alex Pina getting in and out, it's so cool actually. (laughs) I would love that. Second to last question. If you could choose one piece of advice or learning from your entire career that you could pass along to the writers who are listening right now, what's the one thing you'd say? I would say, I know that it's extremely hard. I know that there is a lot of rejection, but you have to keep very clear and visualize your goal and never, ever, ever let anything stop you. Obviously, absorb everyone's advice from the industry because if someone who is a real producer or a real manager or a real agent or a real player in Hollywood is giving you advice, there is a reason for that. However, don't stop. Take that advice into consideration and keep on going. The secret is to keep on going and to never stop. If you get turned down the first time, don't take that as a failure. It's a failure just if there isn't a learning afterwards. So learn from that and 
There's actually a quote that I read. Keep on keeping on. That's my advice. Keep on keeping on. Love that. Isabella, the last and most important question is, did you have fun talking with us today? I had a lot of fun. I think you asked a lot of very smart questions. And I hope that all the things that we discussed will help whoever is listening to us right now. Because I know more than anyone how hard it is. And again, you just have to keep on believing in it. And I think that what you guys are doing is great. And the fact that you're helping so many up-and-coming writers is very important. They need to feel supported. They need to feel seen. They need to feel heard. And the fact that you guys are dedicating podcasts to them, it's amazing. Thank you. Did you want to plug anything, projects, websites? Can you talk about anything? Any sort of thing that people can go to to hear more about you? If you want to stay in touch, feel free to add me on Instagram or LinkedIn. My handle is my first name and last name, Isabella Mastro di Casa. And I'm happy to keep in touch. Well, thank you so much, Isabella, for shining some light into the world of a manager. And it was awesome for you to kind of break down the mystery of what it means to be a manager. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And I hope to stay in touch and speak to all of you soon. And thanks to our listeners. We hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Writer Experience. If you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a rating, a review, and a comment on iTunes. You can also check us out on Instagram at Writer Experience and Twitter and Facebook at Writer EXP. The Writer Experience is a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod.